This is episode number 103 of the Fearless Presentations podcast, the fastest, easiest way to eliminate public speaking fear. Want to absolutely eliminate public speaking fear? This podcast is the answer. Here's the guy who literally wrote the book on Fearless Presentations, Doug Stannert. Welcome to the Fearless Presentations podcast. I'm Doug Standard, CEO of the Leaders Institute and Fearless Presentations. And this is the podcast that helps people just like you eliminate public speaking fear and design and deliver fantastic presentations. Um, This is episode number 103, and this is part three of a multi-part and uh, on the notes, we I think I may have said four parts. It might even be five or six parts because um, the basically what we decided to do on episode number one hundred one was to uh, pull out one of our uh, blog posts from a few years back, where we put together a hundred and one public speaking tips. By the way, which is it's a fantastic blog post. By the way, if you if you go to fearlesspresentations dot com. Um, and go into the resource center. It's it's actually listed as one of the um, items on on the resource center. One hundred one hundred one public speaking tips, and um, thought it would be fun. That would be a fun way to to commemorate episode number one hundred one was to deliver one hundred one public speaking tips. Now, obviously, if you've if you've listened to the podcast for a while, you kind of know that it, it's you don't really. We suggest that people don't. Uh, just give just a ton of content without a whole lot of backup. And so what we've decided to do was to break it up into into component parts, which is the way the the blog post is kind of laid out anyway. It's laid out in, hey, these are five ways to do blank, and these are seven ways to do blank, and these are six ways to do blank. You know, so basically there's there's different categories. And so we're trying to cover two or three categories, maybe four on each one of these episodes so that you can use it as a as a catalog. You can actually just download these, you know, four or five episodes that we end up with and use them as a as a quick, you know, shot in the arm or review about how to deliver more effective presentations. And and hopefully you're doing this. So hopefully you're downloading these episodes and go back and listen to them over and over and over again because there's just a ton of content on here. Um, if you are interested in applying this content, by the way, um, it's really, really difficult um, to to um, listen to 101 tips and then apply every single one of them. But that's really one of the beauty, um, beautiful things about the Fearless Presentations class. Every single thing that we're covering on this 101 tip podcast are things that we teach in our two-day public speaking class. Now, we lay it out a whole lot more effectively so that you you we're giving you one or two things at, at, a, at a time, have you apply that, get master each one of those component parts, and then add something else to it, and then master that part, and then add something else to it. So we're breaking it into bite-sized pieces, and, and that usually works really, really well. Uh, it's it's a good way to to get really good at public speaking. So we have classes coming up in a number of different cities. Let me pull up my notes here. So we have the classes that we have coming up are before the end of the year. We've got classes in 
Charlotte, Houston, St. Louis. We got our classes late November in London and Dublin, Phoenix, Indianapolis, Tampa, Atlanta, Detroit, New York, Seattle, and New Orleans. All those are before uh, th those are before Christmas. Um, next week, I, if you if you didn't hear your city called. Uh, just go to fearlesspresentations.com, look at the schedule, and the schedule will, will kind of tell you where we're going to be in 2020 as well. All right, so let's get on with today's podcast. So on the podcast today, we're going to continue in part three of a multi-part series on 101 public speaking tips. And we ended up on pu uh, public speaking tip number 44, I believe, which was ad showmanship. And what we're going to do is we're going to, the first part of this presentation anyway, or this series, um, we're going to cover a little bit on, on um, showmanship. And then um, hopefully we've got a number, as we get closer to the end, well, we've got uh, a number of different tips on how to use PowerPoint, but they're pretty quick and easy. So I think what I'm going to try to do is I'm going to try to kind of get caught up so that we don't have to break up into a, a totally new session uh, and cover as many and cover a lot of the PowerPoint tips on this one as well. So let's start with showmanship though. One, tip number 45 is to use posters instead of pictures. Now adding a picture or multiple pictures to a PowerPoint slideshow can can be effective, especially in a pinch, or if it's a, a presentation that you're only going to give once, or um, it's a, a, a quick presentation. You don't have a whole lot of time to to put the the um, slideshow together or anything like that, your visual aids together. However, one of the cool things that you can do nowadays is that you can just go down to any of the printing stores, you know, FedEx or or um, uh, UPS or Staples or any of those places where where you can where they do printing. And you can get a picture blown up into a poster that you can set on a tripod, and that poster will be much more memorable. So think of a trade show. You know, the exhibits that have the big posters are always more eye-catching and, and, and attention-getting. And so uh, you can do that, the same thing in your presentations as well. Tip number 46 is to add some magic. Now, this is not going to be applicable for a lot of presentations, but many presentations, this can be really, really helpful. Um, a, a quick and easy magic tricks can can add some fun and energy to a presentation, if it's appropriate, obviously, um, especially if you're doing training. If you're doing any type of training, if you're a safety trainer, if you are an HR person and you're doing personnel things, if you're doing, um, I don't know, I, I'm trying to think of some of the others that I hear in classes that, that folks just, that are just challenging to deliver because nobody wants to be there. Um, things like uh, sexual harassment training and stuff like that. Things that, you know, we're required to, to go to, but nobody really wants to be there. Um, then sometimes something more fun and interesting like a magic trick can, can really help. Um, a, a quick trick can be used as an analogy to do something that we're teaching and that, that can be really fun and memorable. So doing a card trick in a boardroom presentation may not work very well, but, you know, like I, I'll give you some of the ones that I use. For instance, um, when I, I, I went down, I went down to the magic store and I, I got, I, I asked the guy behind the counter, I said, Hey, give me some magic tricks for dummies. What are some, so what are some magic tricks that even an idiot like me can't screw up? And, uh, and they, they would give me a couple, like for instance, I was in, I, I'll give you a good example. I was teaching a fearless presentations class in, uh, Las Vegas. Um, or actually it was a leadership class, leadership, high impact leaders class in Las Vegas, um, last week. And since we were actually in one of the casinos, 
um, I brought some trick dice, you know, dice that are set up to only come out to be seven or 11. You can buy these at the magic store. Now, by the way, I was very careful not to do it in front of any cameras or anything in the, in the, um, in the casino. But, um, you know, I said, Hey, any of you guys play craps? And of course it was actually on one person in the entire room that, that knew the rules. And I said, um, and I, and I kind of rolled it. And I said, if you do, if you play, if you play craps and you get a seven or 11, you win. Right. So I, I was, I was hot at the the table last night and I, and I rolled the, my first roll and I rolled it and I would turn to the guy and said, what is that? And he said, seven. And I rolled it again. It was 11. I rolled it again. It was 11. I rolled it again. It was seven. I said, what do you call these dice? And they said, um, they said loaded. I said, well, you know, they, they're actually not loaded. I mean, if you look at them, and I held them up, they're clear. They're that red color, that clear red color, um, the uh, with the uh, clear with the red tint, and so you can see through them. I said back in the olden days, they used to call loaded. They, the reason why dice were called loaded was that where they were made of ivory, and and if you weighted them a certain way, they were more likely to roll a certain way. So that's why the dice are see through now. That's why you, you don't see any ivory dice in a in a casino anymore, because it it um, it's it's harder to cheat. And, uh, and I said, actually, these aren't loaded. You know, when, if you're going into a presentation or if you're going into a meeting, you don't want to go into the presentation loaded. You don't want to go into the meeting loaded. I just had these dice. They were prepared in advance. <laughs> and so when you go into a meeting, make sure you're prepared in advance. And so I use it as a way to kind of add some humor and add kind of a joke and, and make it a little bit more interactive. But it's, it's a fun way to kind of break up the teaching. It's a fun way to, if you add something like that into a, a teaching session, it can break it up a little bit and make it more fun. Tip number 47 is to teach the audience something that will surprise them. Like for instance, when we teach our team building activities, we often start with a, with a memory trick that helps the audience improve their memory very quickly. It's a simple technique that anyone can learn, but it's very impressive because to most audiences, because most people don't know how to do it. Doesn't really have anything to do with the team building, but because it's something that they weren't expecting, expecting because it was out of the ordinary, it, it's impressive when people go, God, man, that was, that was kind of cool. Um, so anyway, so if you can if you can teach the audience something that kind of surprises us surprises them, then that can help a lot. Tip number forty eight is you can use props that can add showmanship. So a prop can be very helpful. So when legislators are trying to we're, we're trying to get uh, people upset about the health care legislation in two thousand nine, they they just printed out thousands of documents that made up the bill and they, they put piles and piles and piles and piles of unreadable pages that uh, just stacked them up on the on the desks in front of them on the on the in front of the in, in front of the the uh, congress people and uh, the piles and piles of of unreadable pages were pretty overwhelming and they they made a valid point um, when i started out my my leadership classes i found this toy it was really funny I found a, a I found a toy. Um, you can probably still get them. They're probably expensive now, but back then they were really really cheap. Uh, it was a, a little box that when you pushed the, the, a button on the front of the box, or if you, and a lot of times it was motion activated too. So if you came close to it, the the uh, sensor would read and it would start shaking. The box would start shaking and it would say, um, "Let me out of here!" Right. So it was it was. Um, it was funny because when I used to, I used to use this as a prop when, when I talked about self-confidence and I would, I kind of put that on the table in front of me and, and, and say that we all have that confident person inside who is struggling to get out and, and, and struggling to be seen. And I would use that as, as a prop. So, you know, sometimes props or, or things that you can kind of bring with you can, can make, um, make your presentations more fun. 
Tip number 49 is to is a good leave behind that can add showmanship. A handout, a book, any type of, of reference item that, that you can make that looks nice can be memorable. Um, when we teach our leadership classes, we have a business card holder that we fill with a series of leadership principles that we give to every one of the participants as a way to reinforce the important principles that we're that that we're providing in the course. So it's something that they can they can take with them and and use after the the class is over. So, it, like I said, any of these kind of principles or things, or any of these tips or things that you can use to add more showmanship. So in the next part, we're going to focus on how to organize your presentations. It'll be a short presentation, a short part anyway, because um, uh, after this, we're going to cover PowerPoint, which has got quite a few more items within it. So organizing your presentation, number 50 is, we're halfway there, halfway there, add at least one impact idea to each one of the points uh, that you've created in your outline. So that, that if you go all the way back to the first few points that we did on, on episode 101, uh, and create that skeleton outline. Once you have that outline created, add at least one additional impact idea from the last 10 or so that we've kind of talked about. So an analogy, a quote, um, some of that showmanship, give your presentation some meat. So in addition to the story or multiple stories, you want to you wanna add some meat on the bone by putting in some of these other impact ideas. Tip number 51 for organizing anyway is to take a break. If you have too much content to fit into five or fewer key points, which is what we suggest that you that you put in your outline, then consider taking a break in the middle uh, to make the presentation more digestible. So if you've got 10 points, take a break in between, and it'll make your five, two sets of five bullet points is much easier for people to internalize than, than 10 points all at, all at one setting. So you want to use your impact ideas to alter time. 52 is use your impact ideas to alter the time. So if you're short on time, it's easy to shorten up or cut out a story or an analogy. And if you're zooming through your presentation, you can give more details in those stories and, and add, or you can add an audience participation question. This allows you to hit the exact time limits of your, of your presentation, which is a fairly elite skill. It's, it's something that, that is very challenging for most people to do, but you can do it at will if you're using these impact ideas as your, as your uh, content. So um, tip number 53 is what if you have to give a 10 point or a 20 point presentation? We kind of talked about that. You can, you can, you can uh, insert a break or a few breaks in between and that helps. But what happens if you only got one shot is they say, Hey, you've got an hour, you've got to deliver 10 things or 20 things in, in the presentation. Can you do that? Well, absolutely. I mean, if you have to give a real content heavy presentation, you can, but you also have to manage your expectations. Your audience isn't likely to retain a lot of the content. So in that situation, you want to follow up with a, you have a, have a follow-up handout or some other type of takeaway. That'll be much more helpful to your audience. All right. So the next few points and the last thing that we're going to finish with today are going to be the, the PowerPoint tips. And so not going to number all these just to, to make it easier. I'll just kind of go through them. But so this was, uh, so the very first one is going to be uh, tip number 54. And I think we got about 20 of these. So it's a lot. So, so these are some PowerPoint tips though. So, so the first PowerPoint tip is design your presentation first, then add your visual aids. Cause most presenters start with their PowerPoint slideshow and then they try to come up with words to explain each one of those bullet points. 
And that's really, really challenging. Instead, start with the presentation and look for visual aids that you can use to help explain those points. The next tip that I'll give you on PowerPoint is use fewer slides. A good way to do this is to practice your presentation a few a few times without any visual aids whatsoever. First, that'll give you, and then get really good at your delivery, then go back and add your visual aids later. And that, that's gonna help you uh, add the, add the visual aids and help you explain your points a little bit better. Uh, the next tip is less is more. The fewer slides that you have and the less content on each one of those slides, the more impact that your words will have. That's one of the reasons why we suggest that you design your presentation first, then go go back and design your visual aids. Um, when you actually do create your visual aid, one of the tips that we tell our class members in, in our Fearless Presentations class is use what we call the six by six method. So a good rule is to have no more than six words on each line and then no more than six lines on each PowerPoint slideshow uh, or PowerPoint slide. That way everybody in the room is able to read the, the content of your, of your slides. Um, the next tip is to avoid overuse of animation. So spinning bullet points with sound effects are just a distraction. They just, they're, they also, um, they're frivolous. So just kind of avoid the frivolous animation. If you have animation that it adds clarity to what you're talking about, by all means, kind of put it down. But I'm talking about the the, the animation that's really more of a distraction than anything else. I, most people don't do that as much anymore, but back in the early days of PowerPoint, that was a big deal. Uh, the next tip is use appropriate animation to clarify your points. So use animation that adds showmanship and clarifies your points. I, I had a client that had their animation team create this 3D animation of the terrain where they would be building in addition to an army base. And it was really cool because they went to Google Maps and created this this um, outline or the a, a 3D image, a three a cartoon basically of um, of the the terrain, and they actually virtually built the entire project on uh, using a computer program. And it was awesome. I mean, it was fantastic. I mean, at the end, they ended up, since this was an army base, at the end of it, once the base was kind of completed, they actually had the tanks rolling across the blacktop and everything. It was it was really impressive. So, um, and they did, and they used it as a visual aid by just using it as a way when, when they were finishing the presentation, when the project manager was finishing that pre presentation, he didn't even call attention to it. It was just over his shoulder going in the background as he was doing his conclusion. And it made it to where the, the, the Corps of Engineers who were, who were um, trying to choose a, um, uh, a, a vendor I kind of really remember that. It was something that was, was very helpful. So that kind of animation can be very, very helpful. So the rule of thumb is if you have, if your animation really helps add clarity to what you're talking about, then by all means use it. If it doesn't, you probably want to leave it out. Uh, one of the one of the most important PowerPoint, PowerPoint tips, it's easy for me to say, PowerPoint tips is charts and graphs are for handouts, not slide decks. So kind of um, charts and graphs are very, very hard to follow on a slide. So it's better to make a handout of them and give them um, or, or put them on a big board, maybe something like that. Something that's a little bit easier for the audience to, to read versus trying to see a bunch of tiny numbers and statistics on a, on a, on a chart, on a PowerPoint slideshow. Uh, another good PowerPoint tip is that pictures, when you're using pictures for decorations, if you use a picture or a number of pictures for decoration, make the de de decoration the same on every slide and make it subtle. So a lot of um, a single picture in the corner of a slide is usually enough. If if your decorative picture changes, your audience will wonder what it has to do with the content of your slide. 
So it's, it's much better to use your pictures to add clarity, which is the next tip. So if a picture helps you add clarity to your bullet points, then, then add it in. But if it's just being used to make the slide prettier, then leave it out. Um, also, you know, keep in mind what we said earlier about showmanship is that if it's a really good picture, it might be one that you create a board out of. Um, and, and in fact, that's the next uh, point or the next tip is you want to consider boards instead of slides. Instead of you know putting a picture or a chart on a slide, just consider getting a board or poster made of it. And so you can, I've I've seen people in modern times actually get away from PowerPoint altogether just because it's so overused. People see PowerPoint, they see boring, and so they they they've gone and created a series of three or four boards and use the use those three or four boards as their visual aids, and that can be very helpful as well. So um, one of the tips about colors is a, a, a dark background with light text is most eye appealing. Um, just so you know, this has changed in the, I'd say about seven or eight years ago, it, it kind of changed. And I've really, I've done a lot of study on this and I don't really know why the, um, the tips changed so abruptly, but originally it was supposed to be a light background, dark text. And now they're saying dark background, light text, so a black background with white text. Is it more eye appealing than a white background with dark text? And I think, I mean, just from my anecdotal evidence anyway, this is no, there's no scientific research to prove this. This is just from the research that I've done, you know, online and, and from talking to people who are professional speakers. I, I think the projectors just got better back 10 years or so ago or more. Um, when we used projectors, um, we had to dim the lights. And when you dim the lights and you had a dark background, the whole room would be dark. And so I'm pretty sure that the reason why a lot of public speaking coaches were saying use a, a light background back then was just so that there was light in the room. When the projectors got better, though, I think the dark background was always more eye appealing. It was just um, it, it just took technology a while to kind of catch up with us. But um, I, we used dark dark backgrounds in our in our um, slideshows, and and we we really like it a whole lot better. It does look a whole lot better. Use simple fonts, um, you know, Times New Roman, Arial, you know, are typically good choice for for PowerPoint fonts. Um, I know that some, um, this is actually changing a lot because some of the really um, nicer looking fonts are um, easy to read now. Um, in the in the olden days when we first started doing PowerPoint tips, the um, the the more elegant kind of font types were kind of hard to read, and so as a result, folks would would make their their font look really pretty, but then nobody could read the text. Nowadays, though, there's there's hundreds and hundreds of different um, uh, fonts to use. So when you're you just want to use one that that the audience will be able to read, and it'll typically work pretty well. Uh, Open Sans is the one that we use. That's our branded. Um, uh, font for the Leaders Institute. It's also the one we use in all of our PowerPoint slideshows, and and we like it. It looks really good. It's easy to read, and it's it's a it's a nice font. Um, use bullet points, obviously. Um, you know, the, although result oriented, well developed bullet points are important when you design and organize your presentation. This is what we talked about in the first couple of of um, episodes of the 101 tips. But you might want to shorten it up to um, to 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 bullets. You know, use shorter bullets in in your visual aid, and you'll actually um, your audience will it'll make it easier for your audience to read. Just as a personal note, this is Doug Standard talking. 
Um, I typically, because I use, I'm only using three or four or maybe five bullet points, a lot of times I will actually use the more wordy bullet points just because I want the audience to know exactly what I'm going to talk about. I, want, I don't want any type of misunderstanding or confusion. So I let my bullet points really kind of um, speak for the, for the presentation. And it, really, it, it makes it a whole lot easier. I don't have to memorize anything. So that really helps a lot. Another good good uh, PowerPoint tip is to reveal your bullet points one at a time. So um, now if you're doing a three-point talk or a four-point talk or a five-point talk, this is not really a big deal. I mean, a lot of times if I'm doing a three-point talk, I put all three of the bullet points up there. And the way that I will use them now is I'll use them as a visual aid. Every time I, re I call attention to bullet point number one, I kind of go up with my hand and just kind of touch the screen to where that bullet point is. And that's what we teach people to do in our classes as well. But I know that a lot of times folks have five bullet points or 10 bullet points or 20 bullet points, and you don't want people to read ahead. So you can kind of um, reveal them one at a time if that's the case. Um, the uh, the uh, One of the other points that I, I kind of just talked about was <laughs> point to your bullets when you reference them. Uh, so when you, if you move toward the screen and you go up and call attention to them, like I was talking about in that previous bullet, in that previous tip, it can, it can help a lot because um, I don't know if you've ever been in one of those situations where somebody has a series of bullets and they're just kind of stand at the back of the room and they're talking and you think they're on bullet point number three, but then all of a sudden they click it because they were finished with that entire slide. And you're like, oh crap, I've missed the last couple of those. It's because they're not using their visual aid well. So you go and call attention to each one of those bullet points as you tell them to the audience and it'll make it easier for the audience to to hang with you in your presentation. Um, what, what this one isn't necessarily a PowerPoint tip, although it's usually it's typically violated consistently when folks are giving PowerPoint presentations. Is you want to stand up when you speak. The person who stands and um, stands up and speaks, that person carries authority. You you also have more energy when you're standing up. So I, it's funny because sometimes folks will say, well, I'm, a lot of times I'm just delivering to two or three people though, Doug. That's kind of weird if I'm the only person in the room standing up. It'll be weird to you, but a lot of times when I'm in a boardroom, I may start at a seated position, but somewhere along the way, I want to I want to use a a, um, a visual aid. And so I'll run up, I'll stand up and go to the the whiteboard and and use the whiteboard or flip chart or something like that in the room to create a a, um, a spontaneous visual aid. And a lot of times I just won't sit back down. <laughs> I'll just kind of stay standing up because I want to be the person that's in charge. I want to be the people, I want to be the person that people see as being the expert in the room. And the person who's standing is the expert in the room. The next tip is you want to practice with your slides. So after you've practiced without slides and you've gotten really good at your delivery, when you add the slides back in, you want to practice in front of a group of people. So don't do it cold. I mean, don't just practice just your slide. I mean, just your presentation and then create your slides and then don't don't practice. If you don't practice those, you're, you're likely to kind of get flustered when you get in and you start clicking through the bullets or something like that. So the... One of the one of the most important PowerPoint tips is you want to avoid what we call the read click. So if you design and practice your presentation based on these tips, you 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 really won't you you'll never do be doing this. But if you find yourself just reading and clicking, just stop. You're boring your audience. Don't do that. Read, say something else, and then click. Read, say something else, and then click. Oh my God, it's so boring. So that that you will you will turn off your audience so much if you're using that technique. 
Um, and then the last thing that we're going to cover uh, on this session is you want to design your own slideshow. This tip is so important. If, if someone else designs your PowerPoint slide deck for you, it increases the complexity of delivering that presentation tenfold. So um, that's the worst thing that we can do to young presenters is to kind of give them a slide deck, think that we're helping them here, go deliver this, this slideshow. That's so, so, so hard because if they create the slideshow, they're 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 entwined with it. Their presentation, if they've created their presentation first and they're using the slideshow as a way to help them explain that content, it's just a much better way to deliver a presentation than just throwing a slideshow at them cold and saying, here, you know, go deliver this thing. Anyway, so those are the PowerPoint tips. So we've got um I've got maybe one or two other sessions for this. I, I'm gonna try to get it all in next week's session and make it a four-part but I suspect that we'll have to carry over for part five. But again, these is a continuation of the 101 public speaking tips. And uh, we'll see you next week with the next set of public speaking tips. Thanks. Subscribe to this podcast for new public speaking secrets each week.